let this word be strong. Let it be a prophetic word. Let it uh, uh, get into the hearts of people, Lord. Let it burn. <clears throat> let it be a sobering and an anointing word that will <clears throat> bring clarity and bring understanding. Bring what you're saying and what you, what's in your heart for your ministers around the earth. So I pray, Lord, that they will receive the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't even know if I shared this word uh, before, but uh, the Lord pressed me. Like I said, Friday night I couldn't sleep. I got up four or five times. He kept pressing me. You got to release this. In fact, I was going to release it last week at the funeral, but I didn't get, they took all the time. So I guess he wants this broadcast on YouTube to the pastors. This is more to the pastors, but uh, you need to listen because it is for you too. Uh, it's a warning. I call it warning to shepherds, a prophetic dream that he gave me. It was about a month ago, about two weeks ago. So we're going to start in Ezekiel 34. It's going to lay a foundation. Ezekiel 34 verse 2 says, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, even to the spiritual shepherds. Thus says the Lord God, woe unto the spiritual shepherds of Israel, who feed themselves, should not the shepherd feed the sheep? Man, that was a powerful statement just out of his mouth. The first thing is the shepherds were feeding themselves, taking advantage of the sheep rather than feeding the sheep. Getting the revelation. It's like getting revelation from God and you keep it to yourself and don't share it with you. And don't share the gifts. And don't share that God wants you to prophesy. Don't share that God wants you to flow in your gifts. Don't share uh, that, you, that uh, you don't have to be bound up by religion. Then verse 3 says, he said, you eat the fat. You clothe yourselves with the wool. You kill the fatlings. But you do not feed the sheep. Religion kills people. They don't feed them. It kills them. Many people, thousands and millions of people around the earth that are bound up by uh, denominational religionism and it, it, it killed. Uh, you're seeing, uh, I prophesied years ago, almost 20 years, 25 years ago, that there was going to come a time where you'll see the, the corruption and the perversion in the Catholic Church. And I would preach it on, 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 the, on the TV here in Aurora and I would get uh, phone calls from people uh, railing at me and saying, why are you talking about the Catholic Church and you need to stop? It ain't, and, you know, they were just mad. They were just mad. I didn't care. The Lord said, preach it. I preach it. Amen. Amen. And now we see now, 25 years later, all the perversion that's in the Catholic Church. Not only that, it's been there for thousands of years. It's been since the Council of Nicaea in 3-something AD. Uh, it's been perverted all the way through. Uh, verse 4. The disease and the weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the hurt and the crippling you have not bandaged, those going astray you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought to find, but with force and hard-hearted harshness you have ruled them. 
It's, a, it's the job of the uh, minister and the fivefold ministers to heal people, to set them free, those and strengthen those and encourage people and, and, and uh, go after people. Uh, uh, some pastors have chased people away from church just because of their actions, what they have done in the pulpit that caused people not to come back to church. And, and some been through religious politics and little cliques and little groups in the church where you didn't fit into this little group and you didn't fit in that little group. And this little group, they always went out to eat after church, but they didn't invite you to go out and you weren't a part of that. All of that stuff, God said, uh, you, you, you're supposed to take care and, and not rule people with harshness and, and, and browbeat uh, the people on harshness and hard-heartedness. Uh, uh, there's uh, a guy, I, you know, he's, he's on YouTube. His, his name is uh, Gino Jennings, whatever his name is. Yeah. He just beats it and just pounds and just, just tries to destroy. That's not God. That's not the spirit of God. It's not representing Jesus the way Jesus needs to be represented. You forget that there's a grace nowadays. That there's a grace when you talk to people. It ain't like the Old Testament. When Elijah was a prophet, he would call fire down from heaven and burn up everybody. You know, God, but now Jesus said, no, don't burn them up now. Let's talk to him <laughs> and get him healed. He said, and they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild beasts. Of the, it's like, you know, you, you don't know what church to go to without the Holy Ghost. You, you wind up in a, going to church and they're all burning candles in there. They used to have them in Chicago. Their church would burn candles. They, they still do. It's your mama's church. Okay. You know, they bound up. It said, my sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yes, my sheep were scattered upon the face of the earth and no one sought for them. Verse 8, therefore, you spiritual shepherds, he's addressing the shepherds, the apostles, the bishops, the, the ministers, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become prey and my sheep became food for every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for my sheep. But the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my sheep. It's a hard word. The shepherds fed themselves, had lamb chops. Lamb, rack of lamb, amen. Devouring the widow's money and revouring their homes and having them giving their rent money to help up their little storefront church. Therefore, you old spiritual shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, behold, I'm against the shepherds. And I will require my sheep at their hand and cause them to cease from feeding the sheep. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves anymore. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths. And they will not be food for them. We have churches closing down every week. Thousands of churches over there are closing down for one reason or another. Or God didn't call them and he's shutting them down. He's just not, he said, I'm just not going to let. Uh, we have people going everywhere. They just stop going to church because they know they're not being fed. They're not being fed the word of the Lord. There's a judgment. And there's a judgment for the fivefold ministries that is different from that of the saints. There's a judgment that is going to take place. And uh, we need to understand. In Luke 12, verse 35, 37, I'm just laying a foundation and I'm going to share the, the dream. And, and you'll see why uh, God is concerned about this. Luke 12, 35, 37. Keep your loins girded and your lamps burning. And be like men who were waiting for the master to return home from the marriage feast. So that when he returns from the wedding and comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed, 
happy, fortunate, and to be envied are those servants whom the master finds awake and alert and watching when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will gird himself and have them recline at the table and will come and serve them. You got to keep your lamps burning. You got to keep your place of prayer and to keep a place of, of, of sanctification and consecration. A minister must do this. A minister must, uh, must show up. We had prayer yesterday. Uh, Cynthia showed up and I was here. So we had prayer. Always committed to the house of the Lord. Always committed in prayer. Always watching. Even when you're not watching, I have to watch. Even when the sheep are over there, not, over there asleep, the shepherd should be watching for the wolves. Somebody needs to be watching over your soul. And so I'm telling this to you, pastors, you have to make sure that you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you're watching God's sheep. Because he's going he's to require something at your hand, uh, how you handle his sheep and how you watch over his sheep. So that's why it's important to have the right covering, the right pastor to cover you. I had a young pastor call me uh, Friday. He saw my post about... Uh, about uh, God set some apostles in the church. Jesus set some apostles in the church. But what does this apostle designate? Is it man-made apostle? There's a new name called apostle. How do you be apostle designate? Man designates you as an apostle. It don't work that way. God has to call you to be an apostle. So I had a young man call me. He said, he said I pastored the church and I gave the church up. And I, and I didn't realize I was married to a prophetess. And my wife is a prophet. And uh, he said, I was in a Baptist church for years. And the Baptist church controlled me and, 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 and browbeat me and, and, and was controlling and domineering and, and manipulating. And he said, I finally I, I went and took my letter to him that I'm leaving. I said, why? I said, when you walked in that Baptist church, did you have a letter in your hand? So why did you need a letter to leave? The bondage. Then he said he went to church of God in Christ and he said they pimped him, prostituted his gift, had him preaching everywhere. And they were making money hand over fist because of his gift. He had a gift of evangelism, gift of, of, of people being blessed and stuff. And he finally left the church. So now he's looking. Now he said, now God said, God spoke to him. He said, 10 years, 10 years he wandered in the wilderness of being Rejected and being used. He said, God said, I had to give you a Damascus Road experience so you'll never forget where I just brought you from out of that situation. So keep your lamps burning. Verse 38. If he comes the second watch before midnight or the third watch after midnight and find them so blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are those servants. But of this be assured. If the householder had known what time the burglar was coming, he would have made awake and alert and watching and would not have permitted his house to be dug through and broken into. You must be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour and a moment you don't anticipate it. Just a little side note on that. If You have to stay up spiritually attuned and spiritually attuned to what's going on because God will speak to you in your dreams things that are going to transpire and you can block the enemy. I've had so many dreams dreams or where the enemy was going to try to steal something in, this, in my dreams and I blocked him. Just, just recently, two weeks ago, as I shared, we sent $500 to India. On, I was on a Sunday, when I was Tuesday, Sunday evening, we, I sent it and then the pastor said I didn't get the money and Monday night I had a dream and the demons came and they were attacking me and attacking the car I was in and trying to climb in the car I was in and they were trying to steal the $500 I had sent. So I had to go back 
to Walmart the next morning and asked him, where's the money at? He said, oh, the money is still there. But on the other end, the guy told him there wasn't no money there because he was going to steal it. You got to watch and be aware of what the enemy wants to do and try to steal from you. Luke, 2, Luke 12, 41. Peter said, Lord, you tell this parable for us for all alike. And Jesus said, who then is the faithful steward, a wise man whom his master will set over those in the household surface to supply them their allowance of food at the appointed time? Blessed, happy, and to be envied is that servant whom the master finds doing so when he arrives. Truly, I tell you, he will set him in charge over all his possessions. And, but that servant says in his heart, my master's late in coming. And begins to strike the men's servants and the maids and to eat and drink and get drunk. For since I've been saved, they've been saying, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, but he ain't came yet. And people have a tendency to get lax and start doing like the world looks and start looking like the world and acting like the world and doing like the world and become controlling and domineering from the pulpit. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him at an hour in which he does not know and will punish him, cut him off, and assign his lot with the unfaithful. We know the story of the parable of the talents. He gave one, two, one, five, one, ten, and the one that had the two, he wouldn't hit it. He didn't do anything with it. He said, you should have put my money in the bank. At least got a little interest on it. You know? He said, you wicked servant. He threw him out. And that servant knew his master's will but did not get ready or act as he would wish him to act shall be what? Beaten. You need to underline that in your Bible. With lashes. See, a lot of people think that whip that Jesus did when you turn over the tables, he took it to heaven with him. He got it. He still got that whip. Now he's telling them, you're going to get beat. If you're a servant of God, and you don't do what you're supposed to do, there are going to be some whoopings coming on when you get to heaven. Verse 48, Luke 12. But he who did not know and did things worthy of a beating shall be beaten with a few lashes. For everyone to whom much is given, of him shall much be required. God said, I've given you the gifts, the anointings, the power to heal, the power to prophesy, the power to set the captives free. And you're a minister of God, and you are required to do more than what just a saint could do. And of him to whom men entrust much, they will require and demand more. I have come to cast fire upon the earth. How I wish that it were already kindled. We're seeing the fire of God coming on the earth in the church right now, and it's burning up sin, it's burning up transgressions and iniquity. If you allow it to uh, permeate in your life, you will be set free. 1 Peter 4 and 4 says, They were astonished and think it very queer that you do not know now run hand in hand with them that exercise of excesses and dissipation, for they abuse you. In other words, you said, if you read... Earlier in that script in First Peter, he's talking about you were in the world uh, and, and, and uh, you should not be running with the world. They're going to hate you. They're not going to like you. But God said, but they will give an account to him who is ready to judge and pass sentence on the living and the dead. 
Will you enter into his salvation and glory in the kingdom of God? As I said about a month ago, two months ago, God, Jesus uh, came in a dream. The Holy Spirit, through an angel, took me into a room. Jesus was standing there. I was standing on the side watching what was going on. In the room was full of apostles, bishops, pastors, ministers. They were all there. Jesus was standing in the front talking to them. And, he was, he, and there was two angels standing there. They had books in their hand. And he started calling the pastors up for their reward. And the first two or three guys, they would come up and Jesus hugged them. And he said, well done. Excellent bond servant. Well done. You, because you've been faithful and trustworthy in a very little thing, you shall have authority. He said, enter into the presence of the Lord. Enter in. And he did it about three or four or five guys. They were, he was just hugging them. And I'm standing there watching him. And then the one guy came up. One, then the next guy came up. And he began to uh, uh, talk to him. He said, I didn't call you to do what you were doing. I called you to be a pastor and you were out evangelizing. You wanted to have name recognition. You wanted to have your own business card. You wanted to be seen on the, on the stage and the platforms, and you wanted to do that. You were not doing in the place where I had required you to be as a pastor. You wanted to be an evangelist because everybody said, oh, you should be an evangelist, and you didn't listen to me. And he said, go stand over there. And when he told him the guy to stand to his left over there, he reached behind and pulled out a whip. And he started hitting the guy. Whack! I could hear the sound. He was screaming too when he hit him. It was a whip, you know, like that one they had with all the big strands on it. It was a short whip. Just he's pulling it out. And he was hitting him, and the guy was screaming and hollering. And when he got through hitting him, he walked over and he hugged him and healed him. He said, Now enter in. Boy, I said, Ooh, that's the other side of Jesus that I didn't never see before. <laughs> I mean, he was whack a whack a whack. Ooh, Jesus. I can hear the sound. You know, you can hear whap, whap. He was screaming, ah! When Jesus got over it, in his love, he walked over and hugged him and healed him and loved him. He said, I had to do. I'm a just God. In other words, like me. If I say I'm going to whoop you, I'm going to whoop you. <laughs> he ain't going to threaten you. I'm going to whoop you. And he was standing in front of these pastors. So then the next guy came up and he hugged him and said, enter into the joy of my salvation. And then this one uh, a guy came up um, and he was smiling. He said, Jesus. And he was smiling happy. And Jesus said, who are you? I don't know you. He said, I, you know, I'm evangelist so-and-so. You know, all the miracles I did and, and the healings. I was healing thousands and healing this and Healing people and doing performing miracles on your name and all kinds of stuff. And Jesus said, I don't know you. I don't know you. He said, Yeah, you did miracles, signs, and wonders, but you didn't bring people to repentance. You were doing the works, but you never told anybody they needed to repent. And he said, all the ones that you healed, many of the ones that you did miracles on, they're on their way to hell because they never repented of their sins. Mm -hmm. And he told the angels, take him out and cast him into the lake. Mm -hmm. He was screaming and hollering, but I know you. And he said, 
I don't know you. Say, many shall come to my name and say, Lord, I cast out devils, I healed the sick and the dead all day. He said, take him out of here. I said, oh, Jesus. Then the next guy came up and he hugged him. And then another guy came up. And this is Luke, Luke 19, 23. He said, why did you not put my money into a bank so that my return that I may have collected interest? And he said to the bystanders, take the money away from him and give it to him that, that had. The guy that came to him, the next guy that came up to him said, he said, I called you, but I didn't call you to do what you were doing. He said, he said you, were, you worked I called you, he called me evangelist or something, and he was a pastor. He really wasn't a pastor because God said, I didn't call you to be a pastor. He said, man made you a pastor. They saw a gift in you, and they said, well, you're a pastor, and they made him a pastor. He said, he was saying to him, he said, you did it. He said, but because you did it with your heart, you didn't abuse my sheep, you didn't, you didn't do that. Uh, you weren't wicked. You did it the best of your ability, even though you did it. He said, you missed out on a lot of blessings, a lot of financial blessings. I didn't bless your church because I didn't call you to be a pastor of a church. And there are pastors out there that have been mentioned. And I've ministered to pastors overseas that were, that have been, were pastors of church, were pastoring church because somebody told them they were a pastor. And uh, I remember the one pastor in Nigeria, one of the little, he, after the service, he came up to me and he, said, and he was crying. And he said, uh, I don't know if I'm really a pastor. And the Lord, and I asked the Lord Holy Spirit, I asked him if he's filled. I said, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? He said, no. I got him filled right then and there. And he said, the Lord said, you do not have to pastor if you don't want to pastor. And he was so happy. I mean, it was like a thousand pounds was lifted off of his shoulders that someone told him to be a pastor, he suffered and he suffered and he suffered trying to do what somebody else told him to do. It's dangerous not to try to take on a mantle or office in Jesus. You'll get beat. Not only will you get beat in this lifetime, but when he gets to heaven, there's going to be a beating when he gives you. Because if you, uh, I've had people come, uh, several come up and say, I want to be apostle. I say, you sure you want to be apostle? You sure you want to be apostle? Yeah, I'm ready to be apostle. And they lost everything. Daughter got pregnant twice, out of wedlock, lost the house, lost the job, moved to another state, didn't do any good there, had to come back. You know, I said, you sure you want to be an apostle? Yeah, I don't want to be an apostle. I didn't read every one of your, all your tapes. I've listened to all your tapes. And I've been, yeah, okay. You got your little doctorate degree in theology, but God didn't call you that. If God didn't call you that, the devil will beat you from here to now on. I just say, beat you like you stole something. <laughs> and so that guy got a beat. He only got a few legs, though. He didn't beat him real hard. He just <laughs> hugged him and sent him on. Then another guy came up. And he began to blast him. He, he, he said, you, I never called you. I didn't call you to do that. You were stealing from the offerings. You were not doing what I called you to do. You were a wicked pastor. You were controlling people. You were browbeating people. You were beating people down and, and, and uh, boasting how great you are and all that stuff. And he told the angels, take him out. He's going to the pit. So that judgment is, is nothing to play around with. Amen? I imagine that when Jesus was sitting there at the, at the temple and he was braiding that 
that that that whip, and they were saying, "What you get ready to do with that, Jesus?" And don't don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your mother, your grandma used to go get that switch out there, go go get me a switch over there. And you think she's going to get a switch for your brother because, you know, your sister would have messed up. You're going to go get Yeah, I'll go get the switch. And you get the first lick from it. Amen. <laughs> it would make that sound. That switch would make a sound when it hit your flesh. You can hear it whistle through the air when you get beat. James 4 verse 16 said, but as it is, you boast falsely in your presumption and your own self-conceit. All such boasting is wrong. So any person who, here, any pastor, minister, or whatever, knows what is right to do, but do it not to him, it is sin. You know to do right, and you don't do it. It's sin. You'll be beaten for not obeying the call. You'll be beaten for doing your own thing and wanting to be in every ministry of the church. There's, there's some people that flit around the, flit around the church and want to be in the praise team. They want to be on the usher board. They want to be on this. They want to be. You need to sit down in one place and let God use you in that one place. Don't try to do your own thing uh, because there's a judgment about that. God said many are called, but few are chosen. There's a call, but that don't mean he's got to choose you. Amen? Uh, the Marine said we only need a few good men. Amen? We don't need everybody that's going to mess up. I need to know that you're, gonna, you're not going to shoot me in the back while we're in the foxhole. I need to know your character. I need to know you're not going to break and run. Amen? You got to be able to stand. He said, cast them into outer darkness. Send them away. Put them away. There's going to be a judgment seat of Christ. There's two judgments. There's a judgment seat of Christ, and there's a white throne judgment for the unbeliever that are going to be at the white throne of God. But there's a judgment seat of Christ, and this event where believers will stand before Jesus and give an account how faithfully they lived for him and served him. So the believer, you as a believer, is going to have to stand before God and give an account of your faithfulness in the kingdom of God. And you can't stand there and say, give excuse. Uh, 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 I had to work overtime and I was tired. I didn't want to come to church on Sunday morning. Yeah, that's going to go real good. Amen. <laughs> it's going to really impress Jesus. Amen. About your excuses. Amen. So you might just get rid of the excuses. Jesus said, I already know about the excuses because I told him to, I told one uh, many to go uh, work in my vineyard and they begin to make, oh, I bought me a mule and I got to try it out. I bought me an ox. Oh, I can't go. I just got married. I'm going on my honeymoon. I can't do this and I can't do that. Many will make excuses, but you can't make excuses. God's going to give account for everything in there. You're going to be standing before the throne of God, a big bright light shine. You ain't going to be able to see and, and you're going to be standing there naked. He's going to be looking at everything you did in that body. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Jesus say, where that bullet wound come from? Why that stab mark over there? Why you been cut? What you doing with them tattoos? Why you got them serpents on your arm and, and all this kind of stuff? You, he go, he said, why is that body I gave you so fat? What, what, did you, what did you do to this body? I didn't give you the body that was that big. How, how come you didn't have control over your appetite? Amen. Why didn't you get your body? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Y'all better check yourself. <laughs> Amen. When I was in the military, they gave you equipment. They gave you a, a, a gun and they gave you stuff. And when you get out of the military, you got to turn it back in. And if you don't turn it back in, you got to pay for it. 
So God said, I'll give you a body. You got to turn it back in because I'm going to give you a glorified body. Now, if your body been, uh, you got some arrow marks and some stab wounds and stuff, say, okay, your body's okay. You've been doing warfare. I know the enemy cut you. You were wounded on the field. We'll let you come on in. But you, you ain't got a mark on your body. There were guys on our football team in high school. Uh, we, they, they never got out of the game, but at the end of the game, they make sure that they fell on the ground and got grass stains or something on their <laughs> uniform. <laughs> Everybody going into, into the clubhouse, got mud all on them and, and bruise all on them. And you walking with your little white shiny uniform and got a scratch or a dip on them. Amen. <laughs> the angels in this, in this dream, in the vision, there was an angel standing there with, 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 with a book with names in it. And, and, and uh, they know who Jesus said, I know who's mine. In fact, I believe they got a book with a name and they got your picture in there. And if your picture ain't in there, they what's your name again? You sure you, you must be from the other fella's house because you should, we don't see your picture in here. You're not of this family. Yeah, you know me. Yeah, no, I don't know you. I'm with her. No, no. <laughs> no, you ain't with nobody. Zechariah 10 verse 3 says, my anger, this is what Jesus, my anger is kindled against the shepherds. Who are not true shepherds. Hear me. I will punish the goat leaders. The Lord of hosts has visited his flock. The house of Judah. And will make them as his beautiful and majestic horse. In battle. He said those that are mine. I'm going to turn them into a war horse. There will be a whole war horse in battle. He said but the goats. Those that have been uh, pushing my sheep and, and controlling my sheep. and See, goats get into everything. They eat everything. They, they mess up everything. They climb on everything. They don't like still waters. They don't like to be with the sheep. Sheep sit like still waters. Goats climb all up on the fence, all on the cart. Uh, goats climb up in trees. I mean, you'd be over there going to Africa to be all up in the tree. All, everywhere. They just crazy. John 10 and 11 says... Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd risks, lays down his own life for his sheep. Here you apostles and prophets and bishops and the bishops direct and designate bishops and the bishop of the fourth jurisdiction of the third superintendent under the second lieutenant of somebody. They got more titles. You can't even, well, who are you? I am the chief prelate bishop, chief apostle of the fifth jurisdiction Prelate, I was reading something else. I said, what in the world? Who are you? You don't even know who you are. See, there's a mixture in the church now. Either you're apostle or you're not apostle. If you're a bishop, stay a bishop. You can't just say, I'm a bishop apostle. No, it don't work that way. You're a bishop because man made you a bishop. You're apostle because God called you to be an apostle. It's not something lightly you just grab that title. It's a dangerous thing to try to grab a title of a prophet or apostle and God didn't call you to be one. Dangerous thing. But the hired servant, verse 12 of John 10, you know, John 10, 10 says, a thief coming but to steal, kill, and destroy. And, you know, as I posted the other day, that the devil don't want to kill you right away if you got diabetes. He want to see you suffer. He don't like seeing you die right away. He wants you to be in pain. He wants you to go to dialysis. He wants you to have tingling in your feet. He wants you to have hypertension. He, he don't want you to die. He wants you to suffer. God gets pleasure in your praises. The devil gets pleasure in your suffering. Lord, deliver those that have diabetes. There are pastors all over the world that have diabetes and they're trying to serve the Lord. You've got to close every door to the enemy. If he has any doorway as you're a minister of God, he will destroy you. 
He'll use sickness as a tool to beat you down. You got to make sure you get healed of everything before you try to tackle being an apostle or a prophet. Jesus said, Satan comes, he finds no place in me. You can, there's a place you can walk where the devil can't, he's he trying every window, every door he can't get in. Amen. You got to do like the projects, put them steel bars on your doors. Amen. <laughs> on the front door, in the back door. Amen. You got to put steel bars up everywhere because he'll come in. But the higher, he said, uh, uh, the shepherd risks his own life for a sheep, but the higher servant, he who merely serves for wages. That's the transition that we've been going through the last 10 years is the uh, many pastors, they want to transition out of the denominational, but they don't know how because they get a salary from the denomination, but they really want to step into the apostolic, into the things of God. And that's why we need finances to help these some pastors that they want to transition out of the denomination because I, I, there's a pastor in Aurora, they took his church because he wanted to step into the Fullness of the, and they took his church from him. He said, well, the church belongs to our denomination. There's just a thing out in the church of God in Christ. You can read it in, on Facebook or that they have control over the pastors. Now, if you pastor dies, the family don't have any say so in the funeral arrangements. The church of God in Christ does all the arrangements and tells what's going to happen, how it's going to happen. The devil is a lie. But the hired servant who merely serves for wages is neither the shepherd nor the owner of the sheep. When he sees the wolf coming, deserts the flock, runs away, and the wolf chases and snatches them and scatters the flock. Now the hireling flee because he merely serves for wages and is not himself concerned about the sheep. He cares nothing for them. That's why when, I, when I'm teaching, I'm ordained minister, I make sure that you, you go through the methods. What are your methods? What are your manners? What is your, your attitude toward money? What is your manhood? Is your family in, in state? All the marriage. What is your marriage about? What is your home about? Everything has to be in line. And I, taught, I teach to the pastors overseas. You've got to get all these things in line before you try to be a minister of God. The sheep wolf will come in. If you are hiring just to get a paycheck, you're not, they're not going to protect you. Romans 14 says, it is written, as I live, says the Lord of hosts, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God acknowledge him, honor him, and praise him. So nobody gets away. There's going to be a judgment. I don't care if the devil's going to have to bow the knee. The demons have to bow the knee now. When they come up on this altar, I make them bow the knee. Bow the knee to Jesus. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. You got everything. Cancer has to bow. Crohn's has to bow. Arthritis has to bow. Everything that is named under heaven and earth has to bow to the name of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says every knee shall bow. Satan's going to bow to God. All the demons are going to bow to God. The angels will bow to God. You ain't that great. You're going to bow to God or you're going to get beat. One of the two of them throwing you in the pit. So you might as well learn how to bow now. Amen? Learn how to bow now. Learn how to fall on the floor now. Learn how to repent now. Amen? Because when you get up there, you ain't going to have a chance. Oh, I, I'm sorry. No, it ain't going to help. Judgment time now. Jesus said, I loved you. I called you. I cuddled you. I tried to brew you in. I wanted to heal you. I wanted to give you joy. I wanted to give you peace. I wanted to give you abundant life. But you didn't want to have nothing to do with it. No, you just said, I ain't, I ain't coming to church. I ain't submitting to you. you are. So what? I got to call. Okay. Say, so I was your friend then. But now I'm your judge. Sorry. I got to go by what the Father says. 
you're going to get beat or you're going to get thrown in the pit. Or I'm going to say, enter into the joy of salvation. So I, it behooves you and it behooves me to make up your mind today. Choose this day who you're going to serve. If he's the Lord, serve him. If he's not the Lord, don't serve him. You've got to serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. Serve, like a waiter puts a, a, a napkin over his arm and serve the Lord. It's not about you, him serving you. It's about you serving him. He's an awesome God. He's a mighty God. And we can't take him for, for granted. Understand this. The purpose of the judgment seat is not to determine whether you will spend eternity in heaven or hell. The purpose of the judgment seat is, is this, your gifts and your rewards that you're going to receive. Amen? You want to receive your gift. In the, oh, God said he's coming with his gifts and rewards. What you get? And you be the only one. Everybody else got a great big old box under the Christmas tree. And you get one of them little toy cars, you know, little, they're going a little fast track. That's what just your gift. Everybody else got on big TVs, and got motorcycles and cars and stuff, and you get the little bit old toy car. There you go. go just imagine yourself riding a car. Mmm, ridden, Get out on the floor and push that car. <laughs> Imagine yourself in this thing. First Corinthians 9.25. Now every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. They do it to win the wreath that will soon wither, but we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. God's got an imperishable crown that you receive. We press in. And when you're going to be in training, every athlete will tell you, if you're going to be a great athlete, you're going to play for the NBA or you're going to play baseball or whatever. It's not how, how, how you do on the floor. It's when you're in your training, when nobody's watching. When you're on your off season, you're running up and down hills and, and you're lifting weights and you're running and you're practicing your dribbling and, and practicing your game. That's where God said we have to be ready and, and studying and reading his word and knowing his word and preparing ourselves so we'll be able to be, receive the eternal crown of blessedness. That's one crown. Here's another crown. The soul winner's crown. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 19. For what is our hope or happiness or our victor's wreath or crown of exalted triumph when we stand in the presence of our Lord at his coming. Is it not you? For you indeed, for you are indeed our glory and our joy. How many people are you bringing into the kingdom of God? Are you a witness to people? Do you tell people the hope of your salvation? Do you share your testimony how God brought you out? Do you, how many people are going to be at your time when you receive your soul winner's crown. When you see the soul winner's crown, they're going to march across the stage, you're going to have a big crown on it, and everybody that you know, everybody that you witness to is going to be there, and they're going to be yay, clapping and praising. And you take your walker. Soul winner. That's, one, that's another crown you can get. Third crown. Um, the crown of righteousness. 2 Timothy 4 and 8. As to what remains henceforth, there is laid up for me the victor's crown of righteousness for being right with God and doing right. Being right with God and doing right. So you're going to get a crown. You just stay right with God and doing what's right. You got to be, 
for being right with God and doing right, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall reward me and recompense me on that great day. Not only me, but also all those who have loved and yearned and, and welcomed his appearing, his return. So the crown of righteousness, that's that crown you get, you know, when you go, you had you your job and, and you put your money in and you want your candy bar and three candy bars come out and you go take it and say, hey, they gave me three many candy bars, too much. Your righteousness begins to show. But if you stick it in your pocket, God's watching. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. All them pins that your job gave you, that your, that's, <laughs> that's in your junk drawer. You need to pull them back out and take them back. You stole. Amen. Oh, they got a lot of pins in the, in the supply cabinet. <laughs> That's the little stuff. I'm telling you, that is the little stuff that, 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 that tests your righteousness and tests your integrity and your honesty. Can't you do it when nobody else is watching? I remember that happened all the time uh, uh, with, with, with me. I was working, used to work at the, uh, over here in BRK Electronics, and I worked in the, in the uh, production control and, and, and the warehouse, and the factory was a big, long factory, and, and uh, they had a cafeteria on the other side of the building, so you had to walk half a block to get to the cafeteria. But the vending machine would give me two pieces of candy or whatever, whatever. But I had to test myself. I took my one piece of candy, I took the other piece, and I walked all across the other part to the cafeteria and the lady in the cafeteria. I said, here, the vending machine down there gave me two pieces of candy. Here's your candy back. God was testing me to see if I would have integrity. Same thing when you go to the store and the lady gave you 10 much dollar to change. You say, oh, I heard lost my game. I'm going to walk on out there. <laughs> Give the lady back her 10 I'm going to take it out of the paycheck. You got to give it back to her. Bunch of crooks and call yourself Christian. <laughs> Come on, I'm gonna hit you because I don't want you to get beat. I don't want you to get a whooping for something silly like that little candy bar. Everything you do is written down, y'all. The angel standing with the book. Amen. They, they stole, they got, look at that. It's this yogurt. Oh, yeah, I remember that day. They went shopping, and they, they paid for all the other food, but the yogurt was down on the bottom of the car, and they was out in the parking lot. They forgot to pay for the yogurt. <laughs> they kept on walking. Come on. Come on, now. I've done it. And I said, wait a minute. No, 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 devil. I ain't give you. I, I walked back into the store, and I went back to the scanner, and I scanned and paid for my stuff and came back out of the store. Y'all know we can do that. No, I mean, I haven't done that. Y'all forgot. Oh, I forgot to put that in there. <laughs> You want your crown of righteousness, your crown of integrity. And the devil uses that. But see, he uses condemnation. Now, when you take the thing and you know you shouldn't have took the thing, now he's got something on you. There's a doorway, a crack in you. You say, okay, they're a little thief. I'm going to tempt them. Some other little stuff. Don't go in the store, you know, they got to sell 50% off. And, and you take the 50% off sale tag and go put it on one of them tags that they don't sell. And, and <laughs> Switching tags. Huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Deliverance is in the house. <laughs> James 1.12. Blessed, happy to be envied is the man who is patient under trial and stands up under temptation. For when he has stood the test and been approved, he will receive a victor's crown of life. Which God has promised to them who love him. So there's a crown of life 
that you can receive when you go through the tests and the trials. Amen? Ain't that right, Emmanuel? Say, Emmanuel gonna have a big old crown. Amen? Because Sharon gonna have a big old crown on because he's been tested and tempted and, and tried, amen, and, and been approved. And that crown is there for those that love the Lord. He's gonna give you a crown. Here's another one, 1 Peter 5 and 4. And then when the chief shepherd is revealed, you will win a conqueror's crown. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. You've conquered this. You've conquered the flesh. You've conquered the carnality. You've conquered the soul ties and mind control. You've conquered a lot of things. Uh, you get his crown of glory. You've conquered the flesh. And you're walking in the anointing and the joy and the peace. You've conquered stress and uh, impatience and, and frustration and all of these things, depression and everything. You say, you're going to get a crown of glory. What do you do with these rewards once you get them? Sorry, but you got to give it back. Of all this, you've got the crown. Revelation 4, verse 10 and 11. The 24 elders who will fall down before him who sits on the throne will worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, worthy art thou, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you did create all things, and because of thy, thy will they existed and were created. So don't get the big head thinking that you just because you get a crown, you're going to say, when you get the revelation that he could have took my breath away at any time. Everything is created by his word. All he has to do is say, stop being, and I disappear. I don't even exist any longer. He's worthy to receive the glory. He's worthy to receive the honor. He's worthy. So you pastors and apostles, listen, get in position where God wants you. Stop trying to be something that man wants you to be and be what God called you to be. Take time to fast. Take time to seek his faith. Listen to men, but obey God. 2 Timothy 2, verse 19 to 21. But the firm foundation of laid by God stands, sure, unshaken, bearing this seal inscription, the Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names himself by the name of the Lord give up iniquity and stand aloof from it. Give up trying to be like the world. Give up trying to smoke marijuana. Give up trying to drink. Give up any iniquity that turns you away from God. Stand aloof from it. But in the great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also utensils of wood and earthenware. And some are honorable and noble use, and some for menial and ignoble use. So you may not be the china. You may be a, a crystal glass in God's hand. You don't pull out your crystal all the time. Only on special occasions do you pull out the crystal. That's then you get the jelly jar out and you drink Kool-Aid out of the jelly jar. Amen. You get paper cups, you get <laughs> paper forks and stuff, and, and you don't use that. But the good stuff God reserves for himself. So just because you're wood or earthenware, God still uses you. Just be blessed that he's using you in the manner that he's used you. For whosoever cleanses himself, from what is ignoble and unclean, you got to cleanse yourself. Who separates himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influences. Get rid of the soul ties. Get rid of the friends. You know friends drinking and smoking. Don't even go around them. 
You can know they're lying and, and, they, and they're doing backroom deals and, and, and saying, uh, and, and, and saying uh, well, we're going to raise an offering and uh, you get 50% and I get 50%. You need to get reference with people. That's what they do in a lot of denomination church. Uh, we're going to raise up two offers, one for the house and one for the speaker. No, you don't raise up no one for the house. You give a love offering. Greedy. And, and, and those that have been taking the love offerings, you get you invite the gifts in and prophets and apostles into the church, and they take up a, a they take up an offering, a love offering of the apostle, and then they take part of the money, most of the money, because the church never gave them that kind of money. But when the guest speaker come in, the people give. I, that's they've done it in this heart church for many times. I have guest speakers come in, man, the offerings be so high, but when it comes time for my offering, be. <laughs> <laughs> See, look at this devil. <laughs> and Gary, I guarantee you, but every love offering I took up, I made sure that the speaker got it. I didn't. I don't touch it. I don't touch it. A liberal soul shall be made fat. Whosoever cleanses himself, contact, condemning, corrupt influence, will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes, consecrated and profitable to master to the master, fit and ready for any good work. So there's requirements for God to use you. You got to do this yourself. You got to sanctify yourself. You got to set yourself apart. You got to come out from among. God sees it, then he blesses it. We want God to do everything. Wash me, Jesus, like Peter said. Wash under my armpits. Wash under my leg. Just wash me, Jesus. That's not what Jesus had in mind, Peter. <laughs> Jesus said, you have no part in my kingdom if I don't wash your feet. Peter said, wash me, Lord. I think I'm done. I believe I'm done. Or did I go past everything? Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we share your word with your people. We share the word with your ministers. We share the dream that you've given us, Lord, that there is a time of judgment that those who know to do good and do it not shall receive many stripes. Those who do it ignorantly shall receive a few stripes. But those that just continually rebelled against you when I call will be cast into the lake of fire, will be cast into all the darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Father, I pray for the pastors around the world, those that have been abused by denominations, those that have been used by ministers, hallelujah, that you're bringing them out of the caves you're bringing them out of the caves of darkness. You're bringing them into the light of the apostolic. I pray for those that you would connect them with the right spiritual uh, fathering, the spiritual mentoring that they need, those that have been seeking uh, the right connections, Lord. I pray for the pastors this morning, Lord, that those that are in denominations, they want to get out, but they don't know how to get out. They don't know how to escape. They don't know how to uh, walk away. I pray in the name of Jesus, you give them courage to stand on the truth of your word, give them courage to stand on the call of God that's on their life, and they begin to trust in you you and trust into and in the anointing of God on their lives. Father, we break the yoke of the enemy that causes pastors to be controlling, domineering, stealing, uh, corrupt, uh, unjust. I pray that you go in with the whip, you go in with the sweeper, and we sweep out the house of God. We sweep out the ashes, we sweep out the, the, the tears, we sweep out the uncleanness out of the house of God. You're re regaining and you're taking back your pulpit from ministers that are not called. You're taking back your church from those that are not called. You're the shepherd uh, seeking out your sheep. The sheep have been scattered upon the hills, but your word says you will raise up shepherds of 
according to your heart. So we pray that your heart will manifest. We, we see the double-sided of you, Lord. The word of God is like a, 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 a two-edged sword, pierced, divided, son, the soul, and spirit, joints, and marrow. Father, we see the two-edged sword. There's one side of you, Lord, is merciful and kind and gentle, but the other side of you is justice and judgment and wrath of God is on that side. And Lord, I pray that they never see the wrath of God, but they always see your mercy and your grace. Father, we understand for this time. I've given this word for this time, which means that time is running out. Time is getting short for ministers to get it right. Time is getting short for ministers to repent. Repent of your fornication. Repent of your adultery. Repent of your stealing out of the church. Repent of the sins of, of sleeping with your members. It's time for you to stop. It's time for those that are on the field that are uh, touting themselves to become some great evangelist, some great healing that are use the giftings of God for money, for prestige, buying big castles, big houses, big cars with people hard on money. You shall stand in judgment of God. I pray for the fear of God to enter into your heart from this message today. May the fear of the Lord cause you to repent of your sins, turn away from your iniquity, turn away from your transgression, turn away from reproach, turn away from bringing reproach on the ministry of Jesus Christ. Turn away from becoming a, a, a tickling sound and a, and a brass trumpet, making sounds that have no power and no anointing. From, you said from such, turn away. So I pray, Lord, for these ministers uh, uh, that they will get it right. And the time is getting short and time is running out for them to repent and turn around and seek the face of the Lord. So for I release a deliverance, I release healing, I release salvation, I release a, a connecting now in the spirit that you will connect with your spiritual mentors, your spiritual fathers, and connect to the right men. There are 7,000, more than 7,000 pastors and apostles that have not bowed the knee to Satan. That you can find, Father, begin to connect the network together around the earth. In Africa, and in Pakistan, in India, everywhere uh, this video is being shown, that you begin to connect the pastors to the right covering and begin to remove them out of the shepherds that are making, that are eating and devouring the sheep, eating and devouring the food, not teaching the people the word of God, not teaching them the gifts of God, not releasing them into the kingdom of God. And so we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand praise this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. Anybody need prayer? If you don't, take this word home, meditate on it. Don't steal no more. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, I bless this congregation. We bless it in Jesus' name. Let the angels go before him, Lord. And now, Father, I pray as we end this fast, that revelation and insight will begin to drop into their spirits yes. and you'll begin to speak to them in a stronger, stronger manner. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So begin to expect. Usually after fast, God starts downloading stuff into your spirit. So be attuned. He starts dropping stuff into your spirit. Amen. Amen. Hug somebody, love somebody, bless them, say, Jesus, love you, so do I. Now you can go get your meat. <laughs>
problem. Love you. You too. Yeah, but she'll see you soon. Yeah, okay. I was trying to get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know my excuses. We're going to drop all eight excuses. Yeah. 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 Anything happen, I'm blaming you for my husband. <laughs> I got this. I'm going to blame you. <laughs> Come on, sweetie. <laughs> Love you. God bless you. All right. Great coming. Yeah. Oh, Emma, I feel like I can sleep 10 years. Father, we thank you for healing this neck in the name of Jesus. We give you praise in Jesus' name. We thank you that it is healed. By the stripes of Jesus, it is healed. God bless you. How mama do? In Jesus' name. Okay? Okay. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give me this anointing. Come on here. We're going to get it all done. We're going to spread it. Well, I've been anointing from here and there, and oh, Jesus, is the one that tired your sight on slide out the room. <laughs> Girl, I go in there and anointed. You hear me? You anointed. <laughs> Uh, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I know. Hey, <laughs> Sharon, bless you. All right, God bless you. God bless you. All right. God, come on now, and it is so. Let me anoint you again. Where you want the oil? <laughs> there. I put it where you can rub it right in. All right. Nobody but Jesus. Amen. You should have. You should have. All right, You can save all right. I was looking on, on Facebook and I saw Jasmine, you know. Oh, yeah. 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 praise the Lord. Come on now. Work on it, Lord. Yeah. Work, yeah. Yeah. work on all of it. Yes. Yes. Everybody yes. keep working on it. Yes. So work on it. Yes. Yeah, keep praying for her. In the name of Jesus. She will. She will. She will. She will. She will. Yeah, she got to. She has She don't. See, God says, you know, he's got a whole thing on the gift. Every one of us has to speak. That ain't just for no That's for everybody. You've got to let it go. Let it go. He can't bless you. He tell you let it go. You hold up your own yeah, you're holding up your own blessings. You gotta let it go. You gotta let it go. Gotta let it go. God bless you, pray for. Gotta let it go. Yeah. So, I'm gonna go. Here's the most thankful. I swear. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna buy
That's all God wants us to do. Pray for him. He prayed out. That's all you do. Share the love, share the time. In the hallway, and all outside, you know what I mean? She said, tell the I said, that devil didn't get y'all because y'all pray. Right. You know what I mean? She asked me You got to do my father. Right. Holy Spirit told me to call her this morning because I was praying for all of us. Right, right, right. I called her because she wasn't going to call. You got to pray. Yeah. 